Organifi has everything you need when it comes to high-quality adaptogens, supplements, and now collagen. I actually use their collagen daily, and I love it. And I have a 20% off code for you to use. Many of you know about adaptogens. They are herbs or mushrooms that help your body adapt to stress. They only provide you with the support you need when your body needs it. Research shows adaptogens can help balance cortisol, combat fatigue, enhance focus, ease depression and anxiety, and support proper hormone function depending on the adaptogen that you use. Organifi has a large variety of adaptogen blends. For example, they have green juice, which has ashwagandha. It's really great for stress support. They also have Harmony, which is an amazing blend of Vitex Berry and Maca, which is known to help relieve PMS symptoms like headaches and mood changes. And now they also have supplements. So if you go to Organifi.com forward slash well-fed, you'll see that they have actual pills that you can take. One of my favorite is called Focus, and that is just pure organic lion's mane and an organic coffee fruit extract to help improve your focus and support mental clarity. They also have a brand new collagen, which I have been waiting for this because I trust their sourcing and they always are glyphosate free. It is unflavored collagen from pasture-raised cows, wild-caught fish, eggshell membranes, and organic bone broth protein. It helps replenish and rebuild the most abundant protein and gives you benefits of radiant skin and hair and strong nails. So you can use it when you're taking an adrenal cocktail. You can add a little bit into your adrenal cocktail or add it to smoothies or even drinks because it's tasteless. I love that Organifi is so innovative and always coming up with new things, new products, and they have a lot of good stuff in the works. Support your body, energy, immunity, and stress with Organifi. They take pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market. That is why I use them. I like to drink them. I like what the, how they taste, and that's a big deal to me. These are clinical doses of adaptogens, so you actually feel the difference. Go to Organifi.com forward slash wellfed. Use our code wellfed for 20% off. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash wellfed, and use code wellfed for 20% off. You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women podcast. This is episode number 445. I'm here with my co-host, Stephanie Ruper. Hi, Stephanie. Hey. <laughs> hey, today, today we're going to be talking about the correlation between exercise and irregular cycles, the most important thing to do to help balance hormones, natural laxative options, and the best way to resolve digestive issues and bloating. It's a mixed bag of topics, and I wouldn't have it any other way because that's how we do it. This is how we do it. <laughs> Tell me you were born in the eighties. We do tell me it. You were born in the eighties. <laughs> na 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 na. Hey, also shout out to everybody born in the eighties. Put it in your reviews. I was also born. I grew up in the nineties. I guess we've done a lot of nineties stuff on this podcast. To be fair, well, but yeah, that's as millennials. That's all. Like that's all we have. <laughs> I was actually laying in bed thinking about this last night because it's scary. How okay, so. I tend to think that our music from the early 2000s, that like pop, high beat stuff was like really, really good. We had good stuff, right? It's kind of the start of EDM. 
And it was like good dance music. Like it was just hype music. I mean, you just can't like everything from Outkast to Sierra to Missy Elliott to like all the fun stuff. Right. And I remember I had this distinct memory of after I graduated from college, I was working at a triathlon store and my boss was my age that I am now. He was 37. I was 21, 22. And he was a rocker and he would turn on these this like 80s rock music and would like light up. And I remember being like, this stuff is so bad. I can't stand it. Right. So I was like, uh, this music sounds so old because I just wasn't I, mean, I wasn't listening to like ACDC and all this stuff. Right. It's just not not how I grew up. Here's the interesting thing. I was born in the 80s, but like I have no attachment to the 80s. Everybody who like celebrates the 80s seems seemed at the time so old to me because I was just like, that's just not my vibe. It's just like the older people. That's what they do. Now that's us because like we're all like the early 2000s are great. And so I was thinking about it in my head last night and I'm like, wow. So people who were born, let's say in the year 2000 or even in the 90s, are, how old are they now? They're literally the age that I was when I was like the 80s music is terrible. So they're like to them, early 2000s music is to what 80s music was to us or to me. Correct. Correct. I mean, they have a, that 90s show, you know, so. Yeah, I know, but it probably isn't as popular as that 80s show. Well, that 70s show was the first one. Oh, right. Sorry, no, it was that 70s show. Sorry. I don't even yeah. think it. Do they even have a that's 80s show? Probably not. I didn't think so, but you just mentioned it. So no. I assumed I, was, I had missing knowledge because I have a lot of missing knowledge in this genre. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was a big mo. I was like, geez. As the yeah. world turns. It does. It does. But we're still very young and hip. <laughs> youthful always. Yeah. Oh, I would like always youthful. My intention is to be youthful always. Also, I saw this meme. Did you ever see Father of the Bride? No, actually. With, but Steve Martin is my fave. Okay. Oh my okay. gosh. Go watch Father of the Bride one and two. Both of them are just classic and hilarious. I've seen them so many times. So good. When we got married, Ken was like, I've not seen Father of the Bride. I'm like, we're watching that now. He made me watch Top Gun and I made him watch Father of the Bride. So Steve Martin and his wife, she and him are like, they were supposed to be 45 in that film. And they look, the way that they're dressed, the way that they look, like they just look so old and disheveled. Like Steve Martin has mostly white hair. His wife is like, got like a collared shirt with a vest on and pearls and short hair. And she's just like, you know... And he and somebody had posted that they were like, this is what in the 90s they wanted us to believe 45 year olds should look like, you know, so I'm glad we've come as far as we have. because Yeah, I'm probably still going to be wearing Urban Outfitters when I'm in 45, you know, I mean, I, I yes, I am now. So <laughs> not exclusively. <Yeah. laughs> so, yeah, you know, definitely changed. Um, Diane Keaton is the wife. She's Nina Banks. And then Martin um, Short's in it too. Was all right. I mean, last time I was on the podcast, I kept talking about the importance of consuming like uplifting media. So I'll do that. You I'll will love that. it. You will love okay. it. I um, do like Steve Martin is my fave. Uh, Sergeant Bilko was one of his movies. I've seen it so many times. It's like, it's my go-to laugh movie. So I do, I do love funny. Steve Martin. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yes. Reminder, leave a review, enter to win 
a sunrise to sunset kit from Organifi, red, green, and gold. Adaptogen blends are going to be in there. What did you say to put into the reviews? Um, well, we talked about a few things in the last podcast. We talked about whether you were team middle or side part, lower high waist jeans, flare or straight legged jeans. Um, or if you read invited, junk food. Yeah. And if we invited people to reflect on their experience of children's books and junk food, specifically the book Junk Food in the Berenstein Bears. You're, I like your blue that you're wearing now. That looks good. Is it? Are you still considering that teal? This is teal. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> It's a, well, I would say it's a slightly warmed blue. So it's coming into the, it's coming into teal. It's not a straight up, it's not a hard blue. Um, It's a blue with a little bit of yellow in it. So um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Matching earrings. What do you (laughs) think of the color on me, by the way? The coral. Oh, I like it. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if it's, it's like a burnt orange. It's, it's a, it's a warm autumn color. Did they type you as a warm autumn? What do you think I am? Uh, not a warm autumn. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I might be I might be entirely look. I'm blushing. I might be entirely wrong about that. I haven't seen you in real life in ages. I know it's been so long. We have to do that. I know. I was thinking. Well, we'll talk about it after we hang <laughs> up. Let's make a plan. Um, yeah. No, I love this color on you. Warm autumn, very interesting. Maybe you are. I'm well, not I'm naturally dark. I have very olive skin. I'm very warm. Like I definitely am a warm whatever because that's the makeup that I wear. That's the the greens. I don't. I cannot do like ice crispy colors. Like you know, whatever. I love pink. Pink looks terrible on me. Light pink. I think pink, pink looks great on you. You wore pink the other day. Look, there there is a <laughs> look look. Um, look here, Missy. Sorry, forgive me. Um, so every single, there are cool and warm and there are more or less cool, more or less warm and more or less shaded and more or less saturated versions of every color. So there are pinks that look good. Like there was a pink for you and I have seen you wear it and I think it's amazing. And like, I think olive is like great for you, but even, even saying olive isn't precise enough because you can have like any tone can be slightly grayed out, can be slightly whited out, right? Like colors are so multifaceted. Um, yes. So, you know, there are, there are greens for you. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I do. I like this. I think it looks good. Warm come, autumn is come, interesting. Come type me. <laughs> come type, come, come, come visit. We know what's interesting is, is with the, with the highlights in your hair that like, um, it adds a little bit of, of, uh, I want to say softness. And what I mean is like, not super saturated, like there's really saturated tones. I want to show you, I want to show anybody, I mean, nobody's watching, but I don't have any saturated tones with me. This is pretty saturated, but there's, um, but things can be less saturated. Like this is not a saturated yellow. Right. Um, right. This is probably saturated. Yeah, your shirt is pretty saturated, but I think your highlights like, you know, like wearing like a heathered, heathered, you know, something that's got like texture in it in in that, I think um, could look really nice with your highlights. I did get a lot of questions when I posted on Instagram. Everybody was like, what are colors? 
I have talked to somebody um, who, and I didn't get it officially done, but I've talked to somebody from House of Color. I know they're pretty good at what they do and they're pretty popular. And if you follow them on Instagram, it's pretty insightful and interesting, Mm. but they will, they'll type you and do your colors free. Cool. Or you could just ask Uh, your friend, Stephanie. I have a, uh, there's somebody whose ideas about this I really like. Is is she still, is she like a person who does colors? Yeah, I had her type me over the internet, but she gave the best analysis of anything that I've, um, I really like the way she talks about color theory. You know, I think a lot of, uh, I think some services oversimplify it. Um, hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I really liked her blog. I don't, you know, I, I can't say that I'm a professional in any of this. Uh, she goes by 30 something urban girl. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot about color from her. I've read, a, uh, she was the person who I feel like I studied, you know, learned the most about color theory from. Oh, she has Plenty a free of- quiz. What is your seasonal color palette? Yeah, maybe, so- maybe we should bring her on the podcast. That would be fun. She, um, so she breaks down like the seasons into like shaded and softer like varieties. She looks at these like gradations and like how grayed out a color is, which is really important for me because I have. Well, my eyes carry some gray, my face carries some pink and some orange. And so like, you know, I consider myself a shaded soft autumn. Interesting. Her Instagram is very cool. We'll link to it in the show notes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, that's somebody who's like ideas I've liked in the past. I love it. No, that's helpful because a lot of people are just like, where do you even start? Because at first you have to like slightly consume the information. You have to become familiar with it. Then you have to like, then you Mm. can do some more research and dig deeper. But I love it. I think that's great. She looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I've worked with people who like, they'll type you based on, you know, they'll have like 10 different palettes and they might give you one of the palettes. But I just, I really like, again, studying the theory of color and then looking at what's going on in my face. Like I've got dark eyes. And how much contrast you have in your face matters because that plays a role in how much contrast to put on your outfits. Like some people look great in contrasting colors like black and white. I usually keep all of my colors very close to each other because, you know, because there's not a lot of contrast in my face. That's the only contrast I had. So there's like all this kind of stuff about what's going on in your face. And and if you just look at all the bits, then you can kind of mix and match your whole wardrobe anyway. Thank you, Stephanie, for that analysis. Yeah. I'm going to ask you now every time, what do you think about what I'm wearing? Um, we'll link to in the show notes. I'm actually considering having somebody on. That would be really cool um, just to give people a place to start. I know it's very individual, but everything is that we talk about anyway. So why not go for it? How are you feeling about questions? Ready to jump yeah, in? Let's get, I, uh, yeah, I did not intend to go on that rant. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Question number one is from Jay. She says, how much, how much exercise is too much? I've been feeling great at a healthy body weight, eating around 2000 calories a day, 130 grams of protein. I cut out alcohol and have been feeling better than ever until I think I had my first anovulatory cycle, a short cycle, and only bled for two days. I run about 10 to 11 miles a week over the course of three days, strength train two days. The only thing I can think of is my exercise is too much. I'm 31, mom to a four-year-old and have a sedentary job, signed a girl who could write her life story in a Facebook post. (laughs) <laughs> that was not uh, long at all that was not long at all it could be a lot longer that was great um so 
every person is individual and at a specific point in our lives. So what may be disruptive to your cycle at this point in time could be different than it would have been at another point in time, or that might be in the future. And I always think about our hormone levels and cycling as, well, I actually do this for most things related to our health as uh, composed of a bunch of different variables with different coefficients, (laughs) by which I mean, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that play a role. There's stress, there's nutrient status, there's amount of fiber in your diet, amount of calories in your diet, amount of protein in your diet, there's your circadian rhythm, there's all this stuff. And then how much each one of those is disrupted is like the coefficient, right? And so um, it all adds up. It can all add up over time. And so if you are dealing with and, and also like what's happened in your past matters, right? So if you've dieted a lot in the past or whatever, if you've been stressed a lot in the past, and then if you're dealing with stress, if you have nutrient deficiencies, if you have X, Y, and Z, all of these things make it easier for an amount of exercise that at another point in your life or in somebody else's life wouldn't be disruptive to be the thing that is like, so to speak, the straw on the camel's back, right? And so, you know, looking at the amount of exercising you're doing doesn't seem to me to be like problematic in and of itself. Few things are like health is always contextual. Um, but, you know, if this is a big change for you, if you've never exercised as much before, if you're really stressed, if you've got other things going on that could be, you know, putting some kind of a dampener on on your fertility or cycle, then yeah, this, this could be the straw on the camel's back. But I don't think this amount of exercise is a problem. Um, and I think weightlifting is really good. I think a few miles a week, it, again, in theory, generally is not intrinsically bad. But at this point in your life, maybe it it's, was a big shift for you. Maybe it's a little bit like too much. Maybe you're not refueling afterwards. You know, um, that could be really important uh, for some people, you know. OK, so exercise typically causes a release of cortisol and adrenaline, depending on, you know, how long you're going for and how hard you do it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, And that matters. And if you slam a coffee afterwards and you don't refuel, those things like can keep pumping, which can disrupt your hormones. And so, and maybe you're working out in a fasted state in the morning and your body would prefer to work out fed. So if you try refueling afterwards, you can help your body like be in its normal daily hormone production rhythm because hormones are produced like on a on a cycle and at night when you're sleeping. And so making sure that you're fitting your exercise into your life in a way where you like refuel properly and you make sure that your hormones are continuing to move ahead is really important. Speaking of the daily rhythm. Working out in the morning is a little bit more conducive to your circadian rhythm and to making sure that you're sleeping deeply at night. I mean, if you're doing these workouts right before dinner, after dinner, even like a lot of people work out in the evening. And if you do that, like, and maybe you're disrupting your sleep or your circadian rhythm, like that could, that could be a problem. Um, And so those are just like some things to think about. What do you think? In summary, it depends. (laughs) 
that could just be the whole podcast why do we even record let's just put it in the summary the well-fed women podcast things are contextual (laughs) bye (laughs) no i think i mean you're spot on because it it looking at it blankly it's like okay sure you're running 10 to 11 miles a week you're strength training two days a week it doesn't seem like a lot or that's not quote unquote too much i can't we can't say like here's the limit here's where it goes from being a normal amount of exercise to too much it really is contextual about what you're going through and your own stress and your lifestyle and what's happening and all the different facets so i think you just take it as a data point okay here this was my and catching it early is key and so like i commend you on that but you have to take it as a data point you know once my cycles got a little shorter i took it as a data point okay what am i doing What's my stress level like? What's my sleep like? Look at everything, not just the exercise. But if you, if this is a new shift for you and you, you know, upped your miles a little bit, you added an additional day of running, you added in the two days a week of strength training, that's maybe something, you know, maybe your strength training days are like an hour and a half long. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe it is a little much. So you you have to look at what did I do? What did I just change? And pull back a little bit from that. Maybe you just, you run twice. Um, and that's it. And then you lift twice. Or maybe you just limit it to working out twice a week or limit it just to working out three days a week. Maybe you do more walks instead of running and see how that works. So just start to slightly tinker and see what it is. You could also, on the other side of it, add in a little bit more calories because the reason women lose their cycle, which does come with pretty serious health consequences if left unaddressed for too long, um, specifically like bone density issues and all that stuff, you need to say, okay, maybe I'm not eating enough. It's typically an energy imbalance issue. You're not taking in enough to support what's being, um, like, I want to say excreted, but that's not what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, what's actually being burned, the, the energy that you're requiring to do your daily activities is, if there's an imbalance with that, that's typically where we see this female athlete triad in quotations where women lose their cycles, but the cycle changes. That's, that's a vital sign. If you're not getting your period, if your period starts to become a regular, things are changing and you know, you're not in perimenopause, like that is a red flag. That's a, that's a symptom. And so we just have to take note of it and say, what can we do here to make sure that things are in balance again, whether it's eating a little bit more, reducing the exercise, eating meals more frequently, you know, making sure we eat in the morning to reduce cortisol levels, making sure we're having a good post-workout meal, like Steph said, to reduce cortisol levels um, because that that increase in cortisol is typically what messes with our progesterone, our sex hormone production, and our, and our cycles. If you want to maintain or build muscle or see results from your workouts, essential amino acids can make a huge difference. And I have a coupon code for you to use. Ever since I started taking essential amino acids, I've noticed significant changes in lean muscle mass, and I've progressively gotten stronger in my workouts. Most of us have the goal of aging well and maintaining or even building muscle. 
In order to do this, your body needs sufficient amino acids because they are the building blocks of your tissues. It's why I will be taking essential amino acids and creatine now and in the decades to come as I age. Amino acids aren't just for people who strength train. No matter what you do to stay fit, amino acids are essential. Keon Aminos is my fundamental supplement for fitness. I personally have been taking Keon Amino capsules during my workout, about 5 grams. I take another five grams after my workouts and on my days off to support my body's amino acid requirements, I will take another five grams. I actually stopped taking them when I was injured and I was in physical therapy. When I started taking them again after my physical therapy, I immediately saw a difference in what I was doing and how I was getting stronger. Keon is backed by over 20 years of clinical research, has the highest quality ingredients, no fillers or junk, and undergoes rigorous quality testing. They make essential amino acids available in capsules or powders, and the powders taste great. If you want to naturally boost energy, build lean muscle, and enhance athletic performance, get Keon Aminos. You can save 20% on monthly deliveries and 10% on one-time purchases. Just go to getkeon.com forward slash wellfed. Again, that's getkeon, G-E-T-K-I-O-N dot com forward slash wellfed to get my fundamental supplement for fitness, Keon Aminos. Question number two is from Jmeh F333. What is one thing you can one thing you can start with to balance hormones if you could only choose one? It depends. <laughs> But honestly, but honestly, it actually does depend. <laughs> Look, it, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I can make a general recommendation here. And it would be um, like general information finding. Right. So like educating yourself about possibilities for how your hormones could be dis- disrupted, you know, so learn about yourself and learn about like the the state of the discourse. <laughs> so my step one would be like, get information. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's if I have to make a recommendation to anybody, it's like step one, get information. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, It really, I was actually trying, when I was p- pacing this in, I try to just come up with answers most of the time on the fly, unless it's like something really in depth where I need to look into studies. I was pacing it in and I started thinking about it for a second and then I had to move on. And I was like, it actually really depends because it depends on what, what is your current situation? I could say like what comes to mind immediately is like, make sure you're sleeping because if you are staying up late and you're watching TV, you're getting up early, like you're not setting yourself up for an ability to balance your hormones. However, your sleep could be perfect and you could still be dealing with a lot of hormone imbalances because your liver is not detoxifying hormones properly and you're drinking a lot of alcohol and you're not supporting your, your liver with cruciferous vegetables and all that kind of stuff. So it really does depend. I think I think the information gathering is really, really important, I'll even like tracking your cycles, just understanding what is my picture, what's going on, what what are my symptoms, then taking those symptoms because there can be so many hormone imbalances, right? There can be so many things going on. Most of the time, it is cortisol, which is our stress hormone, is is intertwined in all of that. But you have to figure out what's going on for you. So it could be low progesterone, it could be estrogen dominance, it could be high testosterone. You have to figure out what's going on with you and then set yourself in a, up in a way to 
fix that issue. So I would say sleep, but my extension of that, because I can't stop there, is you have to fix your sleep. You have to be focusing on supporting your liver and its ability to detoxify because that is your hormone balancer right there. And then you have to figure out what are the sources of chronic stress in my life that are causing this, my cortisol to be too high and my stress to be too high, my sex hormones to be dysregulated or imbalanced. That's a good shout. I I really like the brief conversation we had about stress in in the last episode we recorded together. If anybody wants to, you know, um, yeah. read about that for for our thoughts on, um, stress that perception. yeah boundaries, boundaries, sunshine, sleep, mm-hmm. stress, you know, exercise, strength, anti-inflammatory nutrient, vitamin D. Leafy greens, cruciferous veggies, gut health, sleep. Did I say sleep? Gut health, fermented foods, bone broth, (laughs) probiotic foods, probiotic milk thistle, ashwagandha. (laughs) Noelle and I are sitting here twirling our hair, just listing things we've done in the last 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oops. That's the stuff. Try going gluten free. Yeah. Low carb. Dutch hormone test. <laughs> okay. Eating enough, eating breakfast. Coconuts and kettlebells. Right. Question number three. Question number three is from Jacques. Jack Stack. Jacques Stack. Okay. I thought it was Jacques Ag. No, it wasn't. You're right. Natural Imodium alternatives used um, as a preventative measure on big adventures. So I'm curious, do you, what's your digestive situation like over there? Do you need a natural laxative at any point? Well, Imodium isn't a laxative. Imodium is a... Oh, that's right. I No, you're right. Mm -hmm. It's it's an anti-diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> which um if i not not if i have too much pressure on my like physical body i can start to feel a little like gurgle like it's like mm-hmm. putting too much pressure on my like digestive system um and so like i could take an emodium then just to help calm that down but if i catch it early like i'm fine you know i'm not gonna like end up in any kind of serious digestive distress um but uh i yeah i have to i have to be honest with you i have i i don't i don't have an answer to this question because i don't think anything really works other than emodium when you're like, in that traveler's diarrhea stuff like just take it yeah and or biz like a like a pep like i mean pepto-bismol could you know i mean obviously yeah. like bismuth but you know, like, um, I I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's wrong to take it, uh, and you don't want to be dependent on it, right? And but like, if this is a preventative measure on big adventures, is very interesting. Um, I would want a def- definition of big adventure, and also then an explanation of why this kind of preventative measure is necessary. Um, again, if you're, if you're traveling and you think you might eat a food that can give you diarrhea, then 
you know, try to, you know what I mean? Like, okay, that's fine. You know, or do you get stressed or are you worried that you might get diarrhea and so you take it, but then, right? Like what is the circumstance in which you think you might end up having diarrhea? Mm -hmm. Um, And if it's completely unavoidable, like, okay, fine. You know, Um, yeah, as a preventative measures, uh, interesting. Or maybe you have a sensitive digestive system and you don't want to end up getting diarrhea on like a date. Okay. You know, I'm not going to fault you for that. (laughs) Um, At the same time, like working on the underlying sensitivities, you know, like in the long term is something, you know, I like with all, not all, but in most circumstances, in a lot of circumstances, when I talk with people about being on meds or taking some kind of prescription medication, I'm like, yeah, sure. Like take it if you got it, but use it as a way to sustain yourself while you work on the underlying issues. Um, so if you have like underlying sensitivities, then I would, I would address them. Yeah. I think the best way forward is to, like you said, we're, like prevent it in the first place. So if you think that you're going to react to a food, like our body, why do some people get food poisoning? And other people don't. Why do some people get sick from some things and other people don't? It's because of your digestion. So you actually, we have processes in place to take care of these bugs. Like we eat stuff all the time that could potentially make us sick, but our stomach acid actually takes care of it and kills it before it makes it into our colon. And so I think that if you are traveling, the best thing that you can do is take a digestive enzyme that will actually and try to find one that has a little bit of betaine HCL in it. HCL is hydrochloric acid, especially because when you're traveling and doing things, typically you are a little bit stressed out. Stress actually suppresses stomach acid. So that can lead to that's why sometimes when you travel, you tend to be either constipated or you have you're more prone to diarrhea. I love the digestive enzymes mdlogichealth.com forward slash forward slash digestive. It's a digestive complex that I have completely fallen in love with because it has all these, you know, it has peptide digestive enzymes. It can actually like dairy. So I know a lot of people are sensitive to dairy. So it has lactase. It has betaine HCL, just a hundred milligrams. That's still a little bit. It's not going to do a lot, but like that little bit can be a nice little bump. But it also has like licorice root extract and a few herbs in there, ginger root extract, which can actually help to settle an upset stomach and to help improve digestion overall. So I, if you are traveling at any point, take your digestive complex with you, take a couple with each meal in order to set yourself up for success. Also take your probiotics with you. Just don't travel without your probiotics. I have, we have a suitcase for our supplements and our, and our snacks and stuff like that so that we stay Steph's laughing at me so that we stay on track. Um, And the I've talked about the probiotic a little bit on here, but it has truly, again, made a huge difference for me because I was having really bad bowel movements. Actually, let me tell you this. Okay, this is what did it, guys. I was still drinking. I was still drinking decaf coffee in the morning. Coffee is a gut irritant. If you are traveling and you want good digestion, stop drinking coffee because that will make you poop more. It's It irritates your gut. It loosens your stool and it will make you poop. And then it'll make you like have these like weird, small after effect poops later in the day too. So if you're like pooping multiple times a day and they're like, 
a little bit looser than you think that they should be. And they're like sometimes smaller, like it's not a good sufficient poop. Like that's probably because of the coffee and depending on how much you drink and especially if you drink it another mid like midday. So I was like, just, I was taking, I I was taking, um, the very popular probiotic, the spore based one megaspore. And I honestly had just not seen a difference from it. It works for my husband and it just was like not doing anything for me. And sometimes I would bump it up. I'm still having really bad digestion. So I stopped the coffee, the decaf coffee, because I just like the smell and the taste. It's just a little ritual for me. And it was, it's, it's your purity, mold-free, tested eight time coffee. It's like water processed. It's all the things, right? And then I started, I switched my probiotic to um, one that had a better combination, I think, overall of the t- the types of strains that I was looking for that have been proven a little bit more in the literature. I didn't want to do a spore-based one. And it also has prebiotics, which I think I was mi- missing. So it has the FOS, the short chain. And it also has something that actually... Um, it has a coating that actually gets it into the digestive tract. So I started taking that and like literally overnight, my digestion got better when I started taking that. So I think that you, if you're trying to be more aware when you're traveling, or you are just trying to figure out what's going on, try the digestive enzymes, try some probiotics, stop drinking coffee. If you're drinking it also, alcohol is a gut irritant and can mess with you the next morning too. So like, I hate to be the buzzkill here, but <laughs> stop drinking alcohol and see if that helps. And then if you like get something and you're like, got to go on a flight, like take your emodium. You know, I've seen I've seen um, these melt away tablets from boron. It's like diarrhea and it's supposed to help digestive relief and gas and bloating. It's your typical homeo- homeopathic like melt away tablets that you put under your tongue. And I know that they also have like banana powder that you can take that's supposed to like bulk up your gut. Um, so you can experiment with both of those. But really, it's if you really need it, just just take the Imodium if you're in a, if you're in a situation. Um, and the next natural laxative alternatives, because I've said that as well by accident, um, take magnesium oxide. That is literally what it is good for. Just have some powdered magnesium oxide tinker with just a little bit like it draws water to it. None of it's really going to get absorbed into your cells. It's not going to help improve magnesium levels, but it is going to draw water to it and help you poop. So lots of poop talk. Anything else from you? No. And apparently we're going to keep the party going with question number. Keep the party going. Yeah. This is our last question. And this is from Shelby Lynn and then AC Johnson, who's my friend, Amber, um, also asked about bloating. So We'll talk about Shelby's first. She said, what is your basic best advice for somebody who has digestive issues? Do you have any thoughts or do you want me? You you can go. Noelle's got a list in the doc and it looks pretty good to me. So if you want to take it away, that's fine. <laughs> okay. So my list is pretty basic. And again, you asked for basic and best. So this is kind of what I just wrote down because I was thinking about it and I didn't want to forget. Digestive issues. I think uh, obviously on this podcast, we put a lot of emphasis on food well-fed women, but I don't think the general population does. So first and foremost, you have to be thinking about what you're putting in um, and also what you're not putting in. We get so obsessed with elimination diets and removing things, and we're not actually thinking about what are we actually putting in. And your body needs a lot of things in order to process foods properly. And you also have to be eating in a very specific 
calm state in order for your digestive processes to be working. I just talked about stomach acid and how it's suppressed when we're stressed. Stomach acid is our first line of defense. It helps kills, kill bacteria. It also helps to pre-digest food before it makes it into the colon. It breaks down proteins. So if you have years and years and years of eating in a stressed out state and you're not taking care of your stress, like that isn't going to lead to long-term digestive issues. So taking a few deep breaths, making sure you're not eating on the road or stressed at work, you deserve to take some time to eat your meal. Like stop, we need to stop normalizing eating on the go and eating rushed and like a working lunch. Um, I hate these like, bring your lunch and we'll have a meeting. I don't want to have a meeting with you while I'm eating lunch. Like people in the workplace, you deserve better. Okay. (laughs) You deserve to eat your food in peace without people who annoy you during annoying meetings, food. Okay. Figure out what is bothering you potentially that we do. I, you know, I do feel like a lot of, a lot of people could benefit from eliminating gluten, specifically the gluten, the highly processed gluten that we have in our, in the U S and, or potentially dairy, but also maybe not as long as it's like a fermented form, but figure out what's potentially bothering you. And then also be very intentional with what you're bringing in. Steph and I are big fans of, grass-fed meats and egg yolks and, you know, leafy greens and all those things that have really important nurturing, nurturing, nourishing vitamins and minerals that are going to um, really help collagen that are going to help the gut flourish and improve cell wall function and all that kind of stuff. My second thing is digestive enzymes and probiotics. I talked about that before. So if you, this is your first line of defense and this is Amber although I can voice chat you later. Um, you said bloating after eating literally anything. Is there anything you can um, take to help this? What I would do before you do anything else is try digestive enzymes because that is going to be that little hit that you need as long as you you feel like, okay, I'm eating the things. I, I've removed things that I don't think are doing well for me. I've pinpointed the things that are bothering me. I know it's, I don't feel good. Or maybe you don't. Maybe that's, you know, the first step is to really take, and um, Steph and I have talked about this in coconuts and kettlebells, but you kind of do have to take a little bit of a diary of what you're eating and your reactions 28 to 48 to sometimes 72 hours after that, because sometimes you can have delayed reactions. So figure out what's bothering you. Now, once you've done that and you feel like, okay, I'm eating a good diet and all the things and you're eating in a parasympathetic state, what I would do next, if you're feeling bloated or you're just off, try digestive enzymes and introduce a probiotic. Refer back to question number three for that. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that again. But I do think most people should probably be on a probiotic. And I do think that introducing probiotic foods, whether you're sipping on a little kombucha or you're eating some sauerkraut, can go the distance for you, especially when it comes to bloating. And then the last thing when it comes to digestive issues is your nervous system. So we talked about this in last week's episode, specifically about nervous system regulation and how this is so important to managing stress, but it's also really, really important to your digestive health. So it doesn't matter what you're eating or what you're not eating. If your nervous system is in a heightened state because you're chronically stressed out or you have a negative mindset about everything or you're dealing with, you're you're not dealing with your worry and your anxiety and your fear, you don't know how to process emotions, you're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck because your nervous system, that's when I'm talking about a parasympathetic state. 
your nervous system has two states, a sympathetic and parasympathetic. The sympathetic state is the the thing that we are, you know, that's our stressed go, go, go. Kind of like what a lot of us are living in on a day-to-day basis. Like that's where we are. And your parasympathetic state is your rest and digest mode. You have to be in a not stressed state when you're eating in order for your food to be properly digested. So that's where I think there's a huge missing piece for people. They think, oh, I'm doing the things. I'm taking the supplements. What's wrong? It's your nervous system. It's your stress. It's your trauma. It's your underlying triggers. It's the stuff you're not dealing with. It's the stuff that you're not willing to admit or you're not willing to work on. Maybe you're just, it's inconvenient. And look, I'm there too. Like I, it's hard to do the things we don't want to do. It's hard to do the things that are inconvenient, especially when we're like set in our ways. So it's taking a hard look at some of that stuff and figuring out how is this impacting me on a chronic long-term basis, not just, oh, I'm not really that stressed today. I'm talking about deep-rooted stuff that changes your entire physiology that you actually have to fix. Like you have to figure out how to manage um, on a day-to-day basis. It's not just taking baths. As we said last week, you know, that's that's a blip. That's a blip. You got to figure out how do I actually get my nervous system to exist in a parasympathetic state on a daily basis? How can I take those stresses and then also go back to my valleys? Um, and that's that's your rest and repair mode. So anything else from you? No, not really. I mean, I will add as a general, you know, the area, the most important areas for growth for us are the things I think that are the hardest for us to look at. Yeah. You know, where, where, so now when I feel resistance in myself to thinking about something, I'm like, go in there. It's like when you, when you're like, pretend you're Indiana Jones or whatever, and there's like a cave and it's like, oh no, like that's the one you got to go in. (laughs) That's the door you got to enter. Yeah. I think, I think about that a lot. So I don't know. I mean, we're talking about the gut, but that's, we've been pretty uh, meta. We've been pretty meta for the, you know, last episode in this. So there's just another meta thing um so far as the gut goes um yeah i i think i think noel's point is is extremely is it just extremely well taken about focusing on people either i think focus too much on what they take out or what they're putting in got to do both yeah that's <laughs> you true. know you know what's happening what's happening in your gut and i think a i think attention to gut floor is really important and i think a lot of people and and I, I want I'm talking about broad swaths of culture because this is a, a general question. Um, I think a lot of people think that they're taking care of their guts or their gut bugs, um, but aren't. I think if I think a like a like a yogurt that you get at the supermarket is not gut support, really, right? Like adding one of those a day. I I, th- I think, you know, uh, when we're talking about nourishing our bodies with fermented foods, we're looking at like a bunch of different kinds of fermented foods that are genuinely fermented. You know, um, so many things are made to taste like they're fermented and then, then they're not, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so, th- so there's just and also like if you're eating the same probiotic thing, like again, like the same yogurt, like every day cool but gut floor is so much about diversity and also you know if you've got specific health conditions there are different kinds of gut bugs linked to different kinds of processes in the body and it's totally wild and go ahead and take a deep dive in it (laughs) just like a dive into that but um 
yeah, so I, I would just I would I would really recommend, you know, if if you're dealing with gut stuff to yeah, to really take a multi-pronged approach because it's a huge multi-prongy system. And so, you know, yeah, my <laughs> my one step is to take multiple steps. <laughs> Look That's deeper. a philosopher's answer for you. Look deeper. Yeah, I lo- I would never have guessed. What's the one thing I should do for home and health? Do your research, gather information. <laughs> Such a Stephanie answer, though. You an academic or something? I love Sometimes it. people say things like they ask me a question about philosophy, and I'm like, I'm going to show myself to be a real philosopher in this moment. But that depends on how you define philosophy. <laughs> my basically my entire existence is being like, can you tell me how you're defining that? <laughs> anyway, for more from us, <laughs> we can do that. Uh, we probably need to. Do- oh, no, no, no. Let's keep going. Let's keep this party going. <laughs> I actually think we got through all of our questions, which is great. This is a first. <laughs> Steph is very happy with me. So anything else that you need to um, need to discuss as a philosopher? No, I think we got it all in. We did. Appreciate you, Stephanie. More from Stephanie. It's at Stephanie.Ruper on the Insta. I don't think you really do anything with health power anymore. <laughs> But we'll say it at Health to Empower is also her Instagram. And I am at Coconuts and Kettlebells on the Insta. Thanks for being here, guys. We will talk to you next week. I appreciate you, too. I wanted to say that, but um, I was on mute, so I didn't get to jump in and say it. (laughs) Well, you said it now. (laughs) Hey, bye. Are you going to put that in the outtake? Yeah, sure. (laughs)